Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honour Galilee of the nations, by way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Mighty will accomplish this. Good afternoon, good to see you. Good to see you in person, those of you here. Good to see those of you on Zoom joining us remotely. Um, who's looking forward to Christmas? A few people, a few Scrooges in amongst the crowd. Most of you are looking forward to it. Good. Uh, it's good to see. I, Peter didn't get a memo. Uh, the elders have changed the uniform from black and white check shirts to winter slash Christmas jumpers. Anyone else wearing anything Christmassy? It's getting the festive spirit. Goodness me. Uh, we've seen about decorations. Who has got their decorations up in a tree? We haven't yet, mostly because I've been preparing for this, but there you go. Um, who's done all their shopping? Good. Oh, a couple, okay. Impressed, this far ahead. Who can tell me how many days there are still to go till Christmas Day? 19th. Now, now if you were really excited, I'd have expected you to say 18 days and about seven hours. But 19 is a good go. It's a good go. We have the... That's what Advent is about. It's about looking forward to Christmas, getting excited, counting down the days. That is what we're supposed to be doing. Building up that anticipation and having some growing excitement. But some of you might not be as excited as you normally are, with good reason. Maybe the challenges of this year have taken their toll. Maybe you're uh, thinking the Christmas celebrations will not be as they would normally be because of all the restrictions we're facing. Maybe you've lost a loved one since last Christmas and their absence will be felt. Uh, I'm sure there are some of us amongst our congregation who've lost jobs or their jobs are at risk with everything going on. And as we look ahead to 2021, we know there's lots of uncertainty and things can look a little bleak. You might even be asking yourself, is it worth doing Christmas this year? And I think at times like this, it's good to stop and say, well, what is Christmas really about? 
So I've got a question for you. What does Christmas mean to you? What's your favourite thing about Christmas? Just very quickly, you can tell the person next to you, tell each other, and then we'll do a quick show of hands. What's your favourite thing about Christmas? Whose favourite thing is spending time with their family? A couple of people, great. Uh, whose favourite thing is all the decorations and the tree? The special food? A few people for that. Giving and receiving gifts? Or just receiving? So, yeah. The celebrations and the parties? Yeah. The rest and some time off? <laughs> yeah. Well, all of these things have their place and they're all part of our celebrations, but none of them are the ultimate thing. And I think with all the doom and gloom there is around with COVID and the COVID restrictions and the restrictions around what we can and cannot do for Christmas Day, this passage is very timely for us and we need to be reminded that Christmas message is a message of good news, a message of hope, joy, and peace, it doesn't depend on our circumstances or how we feel or what rules our government imposes on us. It's about the birth of a child. And a birth of a child that was not just good news, but was the greatest news ever. A birth that makes real and lasting hope, joy and peace possible. Hopefully we're going to see together that's what this passage from Isaiah tells us and reminds us. But before we get to that, it's good to know what the context is. Uh, if we look at today's passage, it starts with nevertheless. Uh, so those of you who do English at school, that's a conjunction or a connective to the rest of us. It's a joining word. It means what's coming next follows what just went before. We've, we're dropping into a message partway through. This is not the whole message. So up until this point, the message God has been declaring through Isaiah is one of judgment. One of bad news, very bad news for the Israelites. There's a coming invasion and occupation of their land. There will be death and slavery, poverty and hunger, pain and suffering. And at the end of chapter 8, verse 22, that's summarised as there will be a distress and darkness, utter darkness. Things are going to be as bad as they could possibly be. And maybe there's been a point in your life you've had news like that, bad news. We've had bad news this year. My dad, earlier this year, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Now, it's mild, enough to diagnose, but not as bad as it could be. But we know there's a time of darkness coming, a time of darkness for him and for us. He will eventually get lost in his own mind. And we, he'll physically be there, but we know at some point we'll lose the man we love. Now, if you've ever had bad news of darkness to come, you'll understand a little bit of how the Israelites would be feeling with the message Isaiah shared up until this point. It's very bad news. But here in Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 7, God interrupts the bad news to bring them some good news. The darkness will not last forever. I think God is saying to him, you're still my people. I will not forget you. I will not forsake you. I will keep my promises. Even though you have been unfaithful and rebellious, I am faithful. 
And so the message of bad news is interrupted to bring a loving message of hope, including promises of joy and peace. It's a gospel, a message of good news. I'm trying to think, what would that be like for us? Maybe it's a bit like when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you the bad news, you've got an illness or an injury, but then they give you the good news and they tell you there's a cure and they make it all better. There's going to be an end to what you're suffering. There is hope in this message. The darkness would not last forever. Now, it took about 200 years for the Israelites to return to their land to be free again, but God did keep that promise. Now, you're going to have to be detectives because there are other clues in this passage that should have given the Israelites greater hope. So you have to be a little bit like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, one of the world's most famous detectives, you've got to look beyond the obvious. So the first set of clues, it says in verse 1, honour the Galilee of the nations, and then in verse 3, enlarge the nation. God is promising that at the end of the darkness, he's going to restore them to their land, increase their number, and bless all nations through them. So for those who are good detectives, does that remind you of something else in the Bible? Maybe it does for some of you. I would hope for the Israelites it would remind them of God's promise to Abraham in Genesis. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God is restating his commitment to the promises he made to Abraham. And then there's a second set of clues. Verse 7, he will reign on David's throne forever. And if you know your Old Testament, well, that might remind you of something else. And again, for the Israelites, it would have hopefully reminded them of what we read in 2 Samuel 7, 16. God speaking to David, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So God is restating his commitment to the promises he made to David. And then there's some further clues, a third set of clues in verse 6. For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Promises that a Messiah would come, a Saviour King. A Saviour King. So in this time of darkness, or facing a time of darkness to come, They were given promises that should have encouraged them. And if you're facing a time of darkness now or you know there's one to come, you need to hear these truths too. The message God has given through Isaiah should give us hope. Should give us hope. It gave the Israelites hope beyond the darkness they would face and even further beyond that to a time when God will fulfil all of his promises. God was reminding them, and I hope it will remind you today, God does not turn his back on his people. He is faithful and will keep his promises. But given what's coming to Israel, where will the people find their joy? Well, God said they'll be greater than they were before. They'll have joy like a harvest time, a joy like warriors dividing the plunder. Point them to times when they have plenty and they can enjoy the provision of God and a time when the conflict would end. Their joy will come from experiencing God's loving grace 
and God keeping his promises. And we should see God's grace here. The people have been rebellious and unfaithful, deserving of judgment. And they haven't repented, they haven't confessed, they haven't done anything to put things right, but God has still decided to limit the punishment he was going to give them and to give them blessings after. He's not only not only not going to give them what they deserve he's going to give them more than they could ever deserve or earn for themselves and that should remind us God is loving and gracious even when his people are disobedient God is faithful even when his people are unfaithful and that gives his people great joy and having told them darkness is coming the Israelites would probably find it hard to imagine they would know peace but God did promise that. He said the yoke will be shattered, the bar and the rods, the soldiers' uniform will be thrown on the fire. Yes, darkness is coming, but it will not last forever. There will be a time of peace. But I think even more than that, those promises they've been given should have enabled them to know peace even during the darkness, not just look forward to peace after. They could know that they didn't have to fret and worry about the future. They were in the hands of a God who was absolutely committed to them. A God who would keep his promises. Promises that should have given them resolve to endure the darkness they would face. To give them hope, knowing it would not last forever and there were better times ahead. There's a medical theme going on here, but that reminded me of going to the dentist. I don't know how many of you enjoy the dentist. Anybody? We Most people don't generally enjoy it. It's uncomfortable. You get hands and tools shoved in your mouth. You kind of wonder sometimes how they can fit so much in. And if you haven't looked after your teeth properly, which as a teenager I didn't, I have a number of fillings, it could be painful. But we endure it because we know it's a good thing and there will be better things afterwards. And so I hope for the Israelites here and for us, when we face times of darkness, knowing God is with us, knowing there are better things to come, can help us to endure. But it did take 200 years, so I think God was also giving them that message with the view that they would pass it on. That as the generations were born and grew up, those generations that only knew darkness could be told, it won't always be like this. We're God's people. He's made promises and he will keep them. So for us too, I think we should take strength when we face challenges, strength when we face darkness, knowing God is for us and with us and will keep his promises. And it should impact how we live today. Not just thinking one day in the future, everything is going to be rosy and we can look forward to that and just go through life not worrying about it till we get there it should impact how we live today knowing what we face and we reminded ourselves of that recently in Colossians chapter 3 I'd encourage you to read it again it tells us because of the hope we have we should make decisions about how we live today true for the Israelites when they were receiving this message from Isaiah and true for us today 2020 but how is all that possible how can God be so loving and gracious to a rebellious people how can God limit the judgment and then give them blessing 
And it would be easy for us to say something like, well, God's loving. He just does that. God is forgiving. That's what he does. But God is also a God of justice. A God who is holy. And he cannot deny those parts of who he is. But the passage does tell us how it's possible. It builds up those promises to the point where it tells us of a coming child to be born. It's all centred on this promised Messiah. Or Christ, meaning the same thing. He will rule. It's a promised king to come who will be the greatest king ever wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace his rule be universal and eternal and he will rule with justice and righteousness the message of hope is a messiah is coming who will make real and lasting joy and peace possible now we recognize that child as jesus but if you're paying a paying attention earlier the question you should have is how can a people being given a message have hope in a child who's going to be born 700 years later what difference is that going to make to them there's a whole theological package there to (laughs) to open i'm not going to i would encourage you maybe to start with reading romans 4 but in summary they were trusting god they knew that god had promised somehow he was going to declare them righteous he was going to forgive them for their sins all those things that would separate them from god they didn't know exactly how it would work but they were trusting god would do that but for us it's different we're looking back we know jesus is the one who saves god has done all those things through jesus and we see in isaiah 9 actually it's multi-layered there were some promises that would be fulfilled relatively quickly some promises that will come later and actually there are some eternal promises too so israel was restored after a time of darkness there was an imminent partial fulfillment the future deeper fulfillment came 700 years later and that's what we celebrate at christmas the birth of this promised child and in advent where the time we're now we're looking forward to that day when we celebrate that just like God's people used to do whilst they were waiting for the Messiah to come. So Advent should be a special time for us. Who has uh, an Advent calendar? Few people. I kind of, I'm starting to show my age, I know, but I remember there was a time, it was either chocolate or nothing, just a day, a number. Who's got a chocolate Advent calendar? Quite a few of you, quite a few traditionalists, but. They are getting more adventurous. Has anyone got one that um, has beauty products in? Tea bags? Candles? Mostly traditional people will avoid. There are a number of alcoholic ones, but I didn't want to embarrass anyone and cause any uh, judgment to be made. But we have advent calendars. Why? We're counting down. We're getting excited. And when we reach Christmas, we look back. We look back in celebration, knowing that Jesus is the source of our real and lasting hope joy and peace and we know jesus is the one who fulfilled these promises Uh, it's what the angels declared when they announced the birth of jesus to the shepherds Um, now i know there's a tradition here at kcc when we do a bible story some people choose to dress up as the character i've resisted i thought it might be too distracting for you to be dressed as an angel so i'll just read it instead Uh, Luke 2, 9-14, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company, the heavenly host, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. They're declaring it's a message of hope from this baby. There will be great joy, there will be peace. Jesus is the one that Isaiah was pointing forward to. And he's already fulfilled many of those promises in Isaiah 9, 1 to 7. So for those of us gathered here, those of us who are joining online, uh, in fact, every Christian believer around the world, our hope, joy and peace doesn't depend on our circumstances or our emotions. They, it depends on Jesus. And I think if we forget this, we can be tossed around like a ship in a storm with every change in situation and every announcement of bad news. We should remember Jesus does not change and his promises do not fail. So there was an imminent partial fulfilment of Isaiah's promises. There was a future deeper fulfilment when Jesus was born. But there is even more to come. Even more. There will be an eternal, complete fulfilment of all the promises God made through Isaiah. So much of what God promised has already been fulfilled, but we're still waiting and looking ahead for the more that is to come. Jesus will return. And again, Advent is a time when we're looking forward to Christmas Day, but we're also looking forward to the return of Jesus. Because when he does return, he will be our light. There'll be no more darkness. There'll be a great multitude around his throne from every nation. He will have an eternal and universal rule. God's people will know great joy and will praise God. We will live with God for eternity in perfect peace. No more sin, death, crying or pain. Jesus' kingdom will be a kingdom of justice and righteousness. What a hope we have in Jesus. If we look at Titus 3, 3-7, it reminds us we were once in darkness, but then the light of the world appeared, and because of Jesus we're justified and have eternal life. And again, it doesn't mean we should, we're only looking forward to joy and peace in the future. When we look at Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, that includes joy and peace. People should know joy and peace now. God's people should. God is at work in them through his Spirit, giving them joy and peace amongst the other parts of the fruits of the Spirit. We should be able to rejoice and know joy at all times in all things. Paul told us that in Philippians, even when writing from prison. Rejoice in the Lord always. And we can have real and lasting peace. We're reminded in Ephesians 2, our peace is with God and his people. That is true today, not just in the future. You can enjoy a relationship with God today if you are trusting in Jesus. But what if you're listening and you're not a Christian? Maybe you're wondering... All this talk of hope, joy and peace, well that's not mine, I'm not a Christian. Maybe you're asking yourself where you can find real lasting hope, 
joy and peace? Is it possible to have all these things that are being talked about apart from Jesus? Well, I've just said, unless you've come to God through Jesus, you're an enemy of God. Uh, So unfortunately, I have some bad news for you if that's you. Jesus himself described what will happen when he returns. In Matthew 25, he told what is called the parable of the sheep and the goats. This is what he said. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There will be a judgment for God's enemies, just as God judged the unfaithful Israelites. But it isn't the end of the story, just like for those Israelites as I was speaking to, straight after the bad news, there is good news, there is a message of hope. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So the call is to acknowledge who Jesus is, turn to him and trust him. And one of the benefits of that is you will know the real and lasting hope, joy and peace that all God's people know. Isaiah's message was a gospel, a message of good news. I would say it was the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, gospel with a capital G. Through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, we can know real and lasting hope, joy and peace. Hope for this life and for the future. Joy as we know and experience God's gracious love for us. Peace with God and our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what Christmas is about. A celebration of the birth of Jesus, this promised Messiah. A celebration of the gospel of God. A time to remember we can have hope, joy and peace. So enjoy the other good things that we uh, have at Christmas to celebrate but don't forget keep Jesus at the center of your celebrations without him we'd have very little to celebrate and no matter how dark life might seem or how dark we imagine 2021 is going to be we have every reason to celebrate Christmas this year and every confidence to face the future knowing we can have a real and lasting hope joy and peace.